0: Log
1: Talk Radio. In a world where everyone is a social media guru, there is one lodestone, one brightest point in the sky, one true north. Uh, We have no idea where that is, but we've been here every Tuesday since August 2008, bringing you the absolute best and brightest guests from the world of social media
2: and internet marketing. Welcome to Social Media Edge Radio. And now, it's time to get this show on the commode. Here's your host, Ken Cook, and co-host Mike Mueller.
1: Yes, we are, Mike Mueller.
2: Happy Tuesday. Happy Throwback Tuesday.
1: It is. I tried to come up with something else unique and catchy, um, but it, it, it wasn't in there. If it was in there, it wouldn't come out. Excuse me. Oh, my turn. Now we may roll. I'm not sure if that is the uh, if that is the requisite sip of coffee or the ubiquitous sip of coffee. My wife says it's the ubiquitous sip of coffee.
2: I'm going to have to look both of those words up.
1: Yeah, welcome to Social Media Edge where we throw around big words <laughs> like they're 10 cents apiece. <laughs> hey, if you've never listened to the show before, welcome. This is uh, Season 9. Episode nine. So we're nine dot nine today. Mike Mueller.
2: We are we are Wayne Gretzky in podcasts.
1: Don't even know what that means. I'm going to assume his number is either nine or ninety nine.
2: Correct. It was ninety nine.
1: Awesome. Uh, I do know that he was a really good hockey player,
2: <clears throat> and
1: I'm not sure who he played for, but that shows my. <laughs> Enough you're gonna, display say of my. what I
2: say. You're going to have to look that one up.
1: Yeah, you're going to have to look that one up. Uh, enough of my in-depth hockey knowledge. Uh, <laughs> we actually don't talk about hockey a lot here on the show. Well, we do. In fact, we used to have a Mike Mueller intro that was pretty amazing. I don't know what happened to that. Uh, we talk about how to handle social media and things related to social media. So it's not just all Facebook, Twitter, and all that stuff. We also talk about uh, blogging, websites, hosting, tools that you can use to uh, make your job easier. And like I say, we've been on for, we've actually been on for eight years. This is our ninth season. Uh, And we'll go ahead and let you know who our guest is today because that's our original uh, co-host from back in the uh, 1800s. Uh, Jason Crouch is going to be joining us here in a few minutes. Thanks to Mike Mueller for putting that together. Around here, Mike Mueller is also known as
2: Was that Super Chicken? Which would be It was since we're in Throwback Tuesday, Super Chicken.
1: These kids don't remember Super Chicken, Mike. It's just uh it's <laughs> not there. Hello man. Yeah, they probably remember that though. <laughs> so, there we go. Uh, yeah, let's get over to the show notes and get this thing going before we uh, flush it right down the toilet. I'll start out with mine today because uh, it's uh, I'm first. Mine's not really a specific tool, it's a class of tools, but it's a type of tool that I use regularly. And that is pretty much any color picker tool uh, as a plug in for your. Uh, Web browser. So if you're on a website and you need to know what a color is, you just turn on your little color picker tool, use an eyedropper or a crosshair or whatever, and select that color. You ever use that, Mike?
2: I do, and I have one. Um, and what ends up happening is somebody says, "Hey, I really like this. I like this person's site or what have you, and I want that color." And you go, well, what color is that? And to us, typically that's going to be a hexadecimal, which is a pound sign followed by six digits, uh, letters or what have you, that dictate a color. And you probably know uh, anybody who's been through, uh, uh, what was that, MySpace? (laughs) They figured out how to change the colors of their background and stuff like that by putting in FFFF for white and 0000 for black. And so that's a hexadecimal. And then there's RGBs and things like that. But that's exactly what I use it for.
1: Yep. I uh, actually use RGBA most of the time so I can control transparency and the layering and stuff like that. But I do use hexadecimal as well. Um, I actually use it sometimes. Let's say if someone, if I'm doing just a a landing page and someone pops in a um, uh, profile picture, maybe they're wearing a particular color of coat or hat or something I can select that color from that hat and match something else on the page to it that's about as uh, graphical as I get I'm not the super graphical high-tech uh, person so yeah color picker tool uh, and yeah. you mentioned you mentioned myspace I actually have a myspace sound effect here no. Yeah, that's my. <laughs> that's oh, I was going to ask when you
2: were going to. I was going to ask when you were going to play the sound effect.
1: <laughs> Thank you, uh, Mike. People, <laughs> do you have a tool today? I know you have a tool. Of course you do. Hello, man.
2: Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. And now today, mine is called Font Awesome because today is awesome. going to be an awesome day. It Font is. Awesome, and it really has almost nothing to do with fonts. Uh, Font Awesome. If you if you've ever seen a website these days, then it, you know it has different menu bar items or different things on there, and it might have like a little calendar, and you know right next to it says calendar, and it has a little icon of the calendar. That's what Font Awesome does. Is it allows websites to have all these really cool little icons, and it pulls them in wonderfully. And there's a ton of available. You don't have to download them. That's one of the cool things about this is there are, let's see, 675 icons in Font Awesome correctly right now. Uh, And Font Awesome uh, 5.0 is going to come out, uh, I think, pretty quickly and add a whole bunch more. But um, it's a wonderful thing, and web designers everywhere use this. And all it entails is just a little script and then – You're able to put in any uh, font, or I'm going to say icon, any icon anywhere you want, and make it as big as you want, make it whatever color you want. You can even animate them. Pretty cool tool. And it's fontawesome.io.
1: And I like the fact, too, that they actually give you the VGs, so you can uh, use those in vectors however you need to. And uh, you can Mm -hmm. also request new icons to be added. So if you've got one that's not in that Six hundred and seventy-five current ones. Pretty easy to add a new one. I like that. Yeah, good good tool. We were talking before the show. I actually uh, I use Bootstrap quite a bit, and uh, Bootstrap has a a pretty good set of um, of uh, graphics as well. But the font awesome sets are so much. uh, There's so many more of them to use. Yeah, good tool. Um, Have you ever? had to create your own um, set of icons? Have you ever had to go through that pain?
2: I have. um, And actually, it was before the days of Font Awesome.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, so this, if you've ever done any serious uh, texting, text editing, uh, and you can use these in your posts, too, by the way. They're, uh, are, uh, I guess, not on everything. You probably can't use them on Facebook, but you can use them in your, if you're posting uh, a uh, a blog article, you can use them in there as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good tip. Um, I think it's that time of day for yeah, hot news. We love hot news right here. Get it fresh right off the press. We don't. If we don't have any, we'll make some up. Wait, no, that's not. <laughs> uh yeah. If you're a WordPress user and you did not update to 4.7.3 yesterday, you need to do it. You need to make that happen because it's it's a critical update. And as I put in the mo- notes, yes, it affects you if you have a Mac computer too. <laughs> that's always <laughs> great. Yeah. Uh, but I have a Mac, it's safe. Uh, no, seriously, you need to update your WordPress. It, WordPress.org, self-hosted WordPress. You need to get in there and update it today. And one of the big things is another cross-site scripting uh, loophole was found that would allow people to do nefarious things with your website. So get in there and get that done. Uh, you've got a news story, Mike.
2: Well, I guess it's a news story. Um You know, within, if you've been using WordPress, you know that WordPress has this thing under uh, appearance, and it's called the Customizer. And you might not even know that it is called the Customizer, but it's called the Customizer. Um, And WordPress has been throwing more and more, um, every time there's a new version of WordPress, uh, they throw more and more things at the Customizer so that you can edit your widgets, you could edit your menus, you could do all that kind of stuff in the customizer and the big thing with that is you're able to see what what just changed in real time because typically what happens is you're in the dashboard and then you have to go over to the website and look at the live website and say okay what did i just do well the customizer gives you a real time hey you want to change this you want to do this you want to do that um, and that's all great the problem that they're finding anyway well maybe not a problem is they did, WordPress did a, uh, a poll and of the respondents who responded to the poll, to the poll they found out that almost nobody
0: <laughs> uses
2: the customizer. And of course, what they're polling, uh, the people who appeared, who uh, filled out the poll uh, were really the tech people the developers, that kind of thing. So, so um, we'll see what happens to the customizer.
1: Yeah, Um, you know, we talked a little bit before the show, and I
2: didn't use it much at first, and
1: I do occasionally use it from time to time now. Um, It's just sometimes for me it's a little bit easier just to do the whole child theme thing and make my own CSS up, and then sometimes it gets even deeper than that, make my own library, and yada, yada. So, uh, oh, and Mike puts a bad link in the... (laughs) in the show.
2: Notes. Well, actually, the 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 website seems to be down. They seem to have a database error of all things.
1: Oh, whoa! Oh, that's not that's good to have. Uh yeah, uh Mike, you need to get over into the chat room cuz those children are misbehaving over there. Uh but while you're oh, doing no. that. Yeah, uh while you're doing that, tell me how to make some money online. I'm
2: just <laughs> simple investment. I got a few you know, million to throw around. What that, can I do with it? That's what everybody wants to know. Um You know the the big thing, one of the big news items uh, lately, uh, this last week or so, was Snap, um, which would be Snapchat, Mm -hmm. and their IPO. And and uh, all right, so I'm gonna let me let me preface all of this in saying, when an IPO, when a when a stock, when especially when a tool, a tech tool that we like, when it goes IPO, just know in your heart it's going to change because it has to answer all of a sudden it really they were building it for the people they were building that tool for the builders what the builders envisioned they were you know everything about that was for that you know that product as soon as it goes ipo there's technically i'm going to say there's new owners that they have to please, and that is all of the stockholders. You have to please the stockholders. So everything you do now has to be in, you know, for the stockholders. Well, Snap was the big IPO that got, you know, and everybody's attention came out, and it was doing fine. I guess first day, second day, sort of fine, and then the actual the analysts that follow Snap, who are independent, who have nothing to do with it. He, almost all of them. I think all of them came out and said, I, "You know what? I wouldn't buy this," and that just sent their their stock price tumbling. Uh, so it's it's been an incredible <laughs> kind of uh, trip for Snap because well, let's see what they open up at twenty four point four seven, and right now they're twenty one point at eight four. So if you bought a whole bunch of Snap. As an IPO, and hopefully you didn't buy it at the high, which was twenty eight point eight four. Um, you might have lost a whole lot of money.
1: Yeah, and with these volatile uh, digital stocks too, you, you may not ever recover. You know, it used to be just buy it and hold it, and you're going to have your ups and downs, and ups and downs, and ups and downs. But with something like that, you may it may just evaporate. It may absolutely just go away. So. Uh, who's to say we don't know hey we're going to take a short break and when we get back we're going to have our guests join us and um, there's also somebody else uh, lurking around in the uh, chat room and maybe in the green room as well
2: we'll be right back hey this is mike Bueller, and in case you didn't know when i'm not co-hosting the show i'm busy building websites for small businesses just like yours But, you know what? I do it a little differently than most web developers. First of all, I don't farm anything out, and secondly, I build what you want, not what I think you should have. And I don't just build a website, I don't just throw a template at it and call it a day. I ask you some very specific questions about your business and the goals of the website, and then I build a unique system that fits your needs. And that's something no other web developer does. Check out www.arwoodconnected.com forward slash smedge for more details and a special bonus just for you, our listeners.
1: Frustrated with your website? Can't get it to look right or work right? Think it's too expensive to hire a real development company to quickly turn things around? Think again. For as little as $35, Ken Cook will investigate and often correct issues with your website. With over 20 years of web coding experience, he'll quickly identify your challenges and help keep the costs and time to a minimum. Many jobs can be completed the same day, regardless of where your site is hosted, what platform it's developed on, or what framework is used. Contact Ken today at thekencook.com. And instead of working for your website, make it work for you. Yeah, make it work for you. Uh, so, Mike Mueller, we have uh, you have gone out and done some recruiting, and uh, you've recruited a former retired uh, broadcaster to come on and join us as our guest today.
2: <laughs> uh, I did, because I thought yeah, it would be you know, a wonderful thing.
1: It would, and this goes all the way back to, I remember, December uh, of 1992, no, 64. I can't remember. It was a while ago. Actually, it was 2008, and uh, it was somewhere uh, around then. You know, the show actually started in August, and uh, I was just suffering through it alone, and I wanted to invite somebody else in uh, to suffer along and enjoy the misery with me. I thought, you know, that Jason Crouch dude, he is a pretty all right, upstanding guy. I believe he can handle... A little bit of uh, on-air failure. <laughs> we did. We had we had all kinds of names for it back then. Did we not, Mr. Uh, Crouch? Welcome to the show.
3: We did. We did. It was what technical failure Tuesday a few times. The
1: technical technical trouble Tuesday. Tech trouble Tuesday. Technical I think. trouble.
3: Uh, we had. I think our very first show, our second show, it, your your mic or your your connection went dead, and I was there with. Uh, with a couple of guests and trying to figure out how to make it happen for about 30 minutes. Yeah, I did that on purpose.
1: It was just to test you and uh, see.
3: I had a feeling (laughs) I I never, I never called you on it, but I had a feeling this was going on. I think uh, Clint was on the show with us back then and it was, it just went completely, you were not there. Like (laughs) I was just winging it, but that's trial by fire. It happened a few times. The, uh, uh, The
1: service was relatively new back then, blog talk radio was uh, relatively new, and uh, we were new to it, and uh, lots of interesting things happened. I will say that the service has greatly improved since then. Uh, and uh, just welcome to the show. It's it's good to have you. Say hello to Mike Mueller.
3: Hello, Mike Mueller. <laughs> hello, man. Make, make You're going to test me again. I have to talk for 20 minutes straight with no uh, no interaction, right? <laughs> oh, hi, Mike. <laughs> <laughs>
2: jason how are you
3: i'm great i'm great how are you thank you for asking me to be on the show sorry we it took a while to book it we kept having conflicts but i'm glad i was able to make it
2: well we were patient enough we wanted
3: you well i appreciate that yeah we're it's here fun for long it's, it's this brings back a lot of memories good memories Thankfully,
1: mostly. <laughs> well, you know, Mike wanted to ask you about that when we were discussing having you on the show. So I know Mike's got a couple of questions about the past. So let's—I'll
3: sure. let him
1: let him hit you up with that.
3: And I have not heard these questions, so we'll see how it goes. Go no, ahead. this is fresh off the oh. press.
2: Well, I—you know—what I was going to do is I was going to generally ask him what was the best. Absolutely, the best time, the best guest, the best time you ever. Like getting off the show, sometimes I just want to go drown my sorrows. But for the most time, for the most part, I, you know what, I feel a whole lot better. But then there's been some shows that I go, wow, that was a great show. What was the best show for you?
3: Right. Uh, I think that the, one of my favorite shows, and in fact, I, I stumbled across it recently and listened to it, and I was like, wow, that was a really good show. It was uh, it was either the first or second time. We had Shell Israel on the show to talk about one of his books. Shell's a very mm-hmm. good guest, and Shell keeps it mo- moving, and he's funny, and he's self-deprecating, which is awesome. And having met him in person, he's hes exactly like that when you meet him. Uh, but I think that was one of the better interviews I can remember. And then show-wise, I don't remember. I mean, there's all kinds of fun stuff that happens, but as far as the show it was one of those Shell Israel shows, and I'm talking about one of his books, and I just liked his attitude. He made me laugh a few times, and I it was a good flow. So mm-hmm. that was one of my favorites.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always enjoyed having Shell, Shell on the show. We had him on a couple of times. And yeah. When you said, when you said, uh, yeah, I remember probably my favorite show. I stumbled across, the, across it the other day. I thought you were going to talk about some entirely different show there for a second. So I'm glad, glad you brought it back to social media edge. <laughs>
3: which one what did you think I was going to say now that you mentioned it oh I
1: didn't know maybe um, uh, Good Morning America or something you know, some, some oh little, a different show
3: <laughs> like a <laughs> like, totally different show
0: yeah
3: season show. of
2: Survivor yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly.
1: So, hello man oh shut up uh, yeah so Mike you had another question for him that was similar to that one if I do recall
2: well like I said, there are other there are times where I get off the show and I go, ugh, what was? And it doesn't have to be the worst show, but what was there a guest or something like that? And it's okay to name names or just allude to them.
3: Um, the worst guest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was.
1: And I uh, know Jason can do names. that. I remember
3: thinking, "What's that?"
1: I said, "Jason can get away with that."
3: <laughs> oh i'll get away with it i don't care <laughs> if i could remember the guy's name i'd say it i just can't remember his name because he was so boring there was a guy that was on the show that i remember talking to him for a solid 15 20 minutes and trying really really hard to keep the conversation going and everything he talked about was so technical and boring that ken and i were falling asleep trying to interview this guy and you know, I don't that's funny name, i remember the show awful. i don't remember his name either i don't remember his name uh, uh, well he was no. really pretty milk toast and pretty boring and Technical and didn't seem to be a very good guest. So sometimes you have. It was one of our earlier shows. It was the first year, I think. Probably no nine. We
1: probably should have
3: had this sound. Of,
1: or... uh, I don't. This this should have been the sound effect back.
3: Then. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's when you uh, that's that's a play that's a off sound. That's a thank you for joining us. Man. <vara> I, uh, the toilet. I I can admit I can admit readily that if I had the toilet sound effect on the on the switchboard back then we would have overused it (laughs) we we may have overused a
1: few things anyway but it was it was all in good
3: and and it was great sure Uh, sure but he deserved to be flushed that particular yeah
1: (laughs) jeremy (laughs) says he actually remembers hearing me snoring during that show but he can't
3: remember the person awful i I don't remember what the guy did i don't i just remember thinking wow why are we talking it was about it was something about websites and it was just too technical whatever it was it was way, way over my head
1: I remember him as well because good. we didn't actually have to ask him any questions. We pretty much just introduced him, and uh, he did a monologue he for kept talking to Yeah, he did.
3: He you know,
2: we, we, it was, we've had a couple of guests I do, that have you're right,
3: that. Right. What's that?
2: We've had a couple of guests that have done that where you, get them, you ask them one question, and they go off for 20 minutes. <laughs> you get in another question, and, hey, that's the show. Yeah,
1: Mike and I spend quite a bit of time in the uh, chat room uh, discussing what's happening on the show as the guest. Like <laughs> so uh, trying to figure out what
3: the guy's talking about. <laughs> like, so, about? Jason, Is, you, 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 are you the me?
1: reason we the reason we got together back then was because you were quite prolific on social media, and you and I met on Active Rain, which was a yeah. um, uh, social emporium, social site for people in and around the real estate industry. <clears throat> And you used uh, social media a lot back then. I mean, you were Mm -hmm. really an early adopter of it. Do you think that that helped um, propel you to um, new heights? Has it set the groundwork for what you're doing today?
3: Yeah, definitely. I I think that especially a lot of the relationships I made. And case in point here, I'm talking to you guys. Mike found me again on Twitter and you know reconnected. But yeah, I I think that. The the short answer is yes. The long answer is too long. So I'll try to do something in between. But yeah, I I think it's helped with my business. It's helped with our our ministry work. Um, It's helped with kind of validating. uh, Like when I'm recruiting agents for a company, for example, you know, if they go on and look for me, they can find me everywhere. And I'm always pretty active. And so it's helped in pretty much every area of of, uh, business or ministry work that I can think of. And and, uh, I I still get stuff from old blog posts, which is amazing to me. Stuff I wrote, you know, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Still gets phone calls, mm-hmm. which uh, that uh, it's just evergreen content. It's out there all the time, and people can still find it. Facebook has been. Uh, <laughs> I don't, Mike. You took a break from Facebook. I'm kind of in the I midst did. of that myself. I'm not. I'm not necessarily off of Facebook. I'm just not really engaged on Facebook as much, especially in the debate side of Facebook. I'm tired of it, and so I, I even. I feel like I'm. Uh, it's like pearls before swine. A lot of times, <laughs> like I don't want to put good stuff out on Facebook anymore. And so I've been taking a break from that and, and trying to just be uh, think of it like your neighbor who invites you over to watch his, you know, look at his slides from his vacation. Like, hey, we're having fun. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think about, I guess I'm just not doing as much serious stuff on Facebook right now. But I'm yeah, kind by of the large, same I'm way. I, absolutely. I, answer.
1: I don't read Facebook as much as I used to because I use it. I'm kind of like the guy Kawasaki of Facebook. I just put stuff on there to stir the pot, either to make people laugh or to make them really um, Think deeply about their beliefs or their motivations and things like that mm-hmm. And, uh, to, you know, pop out some news So looking back, so we started this show uh, over eight years ago uh, It'll be nine mm-hmm. years ago this August Looking back at the the way social media was back then So we basically had Twitter, Facebook, and MySpace There really mm-hmm. wasn't uh, anything else much out there What was it originally that drew you into getting involved in social media?
3: Okay, um, yeah, I can can definitely answer that. uh, I was on a forum. It was a a webmaster forum for my real estate website,
0: Mm -hmm.
3: and I I kept hearing about AR. People were talking about AR. Oh, AR this. It was a real estate-specific thing. So people would oh, AR this, AR What is AR? I didn't even know what it was. AR is active range. So I decided to explore active brain. I'd been blogging on on LiveJournal back then, just personal stuff and some political stuff, whatever I wanted to write about, and just a few friends. And so I said, well, I'm going to check it out. And so then I became addicted to active brain. (laughs) I got really heavily into active brain. It was on panels and uh, other conferences and stuff like that. And so that was what started it, was was the active brain blogging. And then from there, uh, everyone active brain started on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff occurred around the same time, it felt like to me. I know it was staggered, but um, but it was really the finding. It was hearing about AR over and over on that forum, is what drew me into my initial foray into real estate blogging. And from there, that's where I heard about the others. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they invite me, you know, from Active Rain to Facebook, for example.
1: So really, Active Rain was your introduction to to social media, and then you branched out to things yeah. like Facebook and Twitter and stuff. So looking yeah, back from, over from the my, years, from my
3: relationships there, actually, and then and then I get to host right. a podcast. That was cool. So I got you. Yeah. You
1: roped you right into that, didn't I? <laughs> uh
3: yeah. I remember asking you, I was like, how do you do that? And I was asking you well, you said you're more popular than I am, come co host it. Like, <laughs>
1: uh,
3: so no, that was that was fun.
1: Yeah, we have some. But yeah, I was doing uh, that forum. So looking at over the years, you know, uh every site has changed dramatically. Probably not Twitter as much as Facebook Facebook right. seems to change all the time back when it got started. they didn't have groups they didn't have uh, uh I don't think they had Facebook pages back then. I think they just had accounts um correct Mike do you remember when pages were introduced Mike with though
2: um, no, I don't remember offhand uh but I remember you know the show was going, and I remember when pages came out
1: yeah that's that's what I thought. Um, so a lot of those things have changed on there. Now we've added a lot more. I mean, we've even seen some come and go, you know, we, uh, all of us used to use either posterous or posterous. I don't, know, Mike always used to correct my spelling, my pronunciation, and I can't remember which one was it's preposterous. Correct. <laughs> it was preposterous. Uh, and I invested quite heavily into that because it was a, the, one of the first syndicating things. And of course it evaporated and disappeared, and we've seen other things come and go. Of course, MySpace completely changed, and it's uh, totally not what it used to be anymore. Uh, over the years, which has been the one that you've been most uh, reliant on and maybe even have had the most success from?
3: Well, hmm. honestly, it probably was active rain, uh in terms of generating business for me and then followed by Facebook. Uh, Facebook has been – I've been also prolific on Facebook, too, and I kind of shifted my, almost shifted my blogging efforts over there. I started writing a lot more on Facebook, and I've kind of, like so I kind of gotten away from that, at least for now. I'm taking a break. Um, ironically, now that I'm on your show talking about social media, I'm taking a break from it, but uh, the, the Facebook, I guess, has, has been the, I do get a lot of stuff from Facebook, even from the ads, there, there's, a, there's a very cost-effective way to do advertising on Facebook, and we do that for our company, and you can generate leads that way, so I would say Facebook, if you're going to talk about the big ones, and then ActiveRain, if it's more of a specialized you know, niche-type social media thing. I just can't. I don't have time to blog like I used to. And I probably didn't have time back then either, but it, <laughs> I did it anyway. But, uh, yeah, I would say Facebook. As far as the big ones, everyone would know Facebook. Because hmm. it's, a, it's a place where people feel like they really know you and kind of see other facets of your life and feel connected to you. So they, they feel much more comfortable approaching me for business.
1: Yeah, and that's what we used to talk about a lot. Uh, In fact, uh, Clint Miller really pushed us in that direction: is just, don't get on there, just be yourself. And if people like you, they like you, and if if they don't, you can be somebody else or something.
3: Yeah,
1: (laughs) Uh, I believe uh,
3: Clint was the master of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what he did. He was just himself, and everybody followed. I believe that uh, Mike (laughs) Mueller has a question for you. Oh,
2: we've we've certainly have to get a super chicken. There's got to be a super chicken soundbite out there. Um,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love it. So That's good enough. Jason, and we didn't lose touch. We've always, I've always been connected to you. You've been on my list as far as that goes. So I see you on Facebook. I see you on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. We just haven't engaged a whole lot together. Lurker. But hey, I watched the growth of your ministry. And yes. specifically, you know, how... And, and what you did as far as fundraising and getting support uh, for different families and things like that, love you to talk about how social media played into that and, and what the effect of that was.
3: Sure. Uh, well, we, we, we've we been doing that type of work for a long time. My wife and I just individually, and still most of the work we do is just us, but we have a couple of helpers from church and things like that. It's It's largely been just me and my wife. But we, we had been doing that type of work for a long time, and then we had a family that we, we met in, you think, it was in 2012, I guess the summer of 2012, uh, we met them. He was actually holding a sign um, in Austin at the corner of two a major intersection, and just my wife said he just looked, he didn't look comfortable out there. Like, he looked the kind of guy was out there all the time, looked fresh, like someone that really was having trouble, and had like a, I think it was a pizza box with something written on it, and so, you know, we don't know anyone in Austin. Anything helps. God bless. Something like that. And she just felt compelled to talk to him. And um, it turned out that he and his family had moved here for his wife to go to cooking school. They ran out of money. They were staying in a motel, which is a lot of what we hear with our ministry these days—is that type of story where people just move here for a job or opportunity and run out of money. So that's what happened to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, um, uh, from there, we, we ended up kind of befriending them. They we come to our church. We helped the church help them for a little bit, uh, staying in an extended stay trying to get them on their feet. And then we did a big fundraiser in December of that year to buy a mobile home for them. And they're still in that mobile home, by the way. So they're still living mm-hmm. in it it's four years mm-hmm. later. This was, uh, it was all done through uh, GoFundMe at the time. I, I used some other platforms as well, but GoFundMe has been a big, a you know, big one. They take a little bit too much money in fees, but that's a whole separate story. The, uh, we raised money through largely through Facebook and a church. Um, a lot of it came through Facebook, and uh, the, the average donation was I want to say $27 or something like that. So awesome. We were able to buy this mobile home for them. Yeah, we were able to buy this mobile home for them and uh, get it moved and get it set up. We, they had donated uh, services for the AC and plumbing and all that so stuff to be hooked up.
2: Uh-huh. And then
3: the uh, uh, donated furniture, housewares, towels, all that stuff. They were they actually come out of Hurricane Katrina originally, you know, years ago, and their life had kind of spiraled from there into different places, and they they never really recovered after Hurricane Katrina, and so that that was the starting yeah. point for their all their stuff. And so what we found with a lot of people we help, and our ministry helps homeless and needy families. So what we found is a lot of times is someone something that something bad that happens to someone, and it's a combination of that and then sort of a bad decision because of that. <laughs> like maybe they make right. a, they just don't have the right kind of training or no one to mentor them or teach them what to do and then make a bad decision or two, and they end up homeless. Or they end up you know, living in a car, or they end up living in a, a daily motel and trying to you know, scrap and make it. And so it's usually families. It's usually people with kids. Not always. We have helped individuals as well, but that's where it started. It was in 2012. And social media was a huge part of our, uh, I won't call it my success. It's God's success. It's a Christian ministry, and you know he's in charge of that. But it was a uh, um, social media uh it was a phenomenon for us. We didn't expect that. We thought we might collect some of the money through our online attempt, but it was the majority of the money. And it's been that way. Right. We've done that type of thing, like a bigger fundraiser like that, at least half a dozen times for different families. It's amazing how people respond. And we have some regular donors as well that, that just donate, you know, $30 a month, $50 a month. We have one that gives $500 a month, which is amazing. She's a friend of mine from school who's a, a surgeon. Well, not a surgeon. She's a chief of staff at a hospital. So wow. it's been it's been incredible to watch, and certainly not I'm not getting credit for, but it is social media has definitely been able to leverage social media for that. That's awesome! What a great use of social media. Well, it, I mean, yeah, I like to think so. It, it, it's been it's been a a, a, a visible impact on people, and, and something that I mean, not every family is successful, obviously, <laughs> after you do it, but sure. uh, certain families have been have gone from completely you know couldn't re- to keep quarters together to, to self sufficient with jobs and. And just uh, the right kind of support. It's been some people respond really well.
1: Awesome, awesome. Uh, we're running up against the clock here, but we do have a mystery caller on the line. I don't know who this might Uh-oh. be, but uh, let, let's find out. Uh, caller from Myrtle Beach. Uh, caller call, call from Myrtle Beach. You're on. What's your question? Uh, uh,
0: yes, I, I have a question for the Jason Crouch, if possible. Um, I was just <laughs> wondering. We've we've talked a lot about you know the successes you've had. With using social media for your real estate business, for your ministry, for your life, for everything, I just was wondering what is the next thing? What is the next thing that the Jason Crouch and family has on the horizon? What is the next big adventure in the Crouch family?
1: Uh, I think that's Jeremy Blanton.
0: It's good. I, I think I figured that out actually. Was, <laughs> since I had a
3: business with him for a while, I think I recognize that voice. There was an old show, game show like that, like whose voice is this, right? Or they would have people from the past show up. That's how it feels today. Uh, what was that show called, Ken? You're, do you know that show?
1: I'm not that old. I I don't know.
3: Oh, uh, you come on, man. I think I read about it in a book. <laughs> <laughs> Learned it. Learned it. Learned you, it. Use, so, do you use the Dewey Decimal System with the cards, and go find it at the library. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the next thing on it, well, actually what I'm working on right now is a um, uh, book. Um, it's going to be a real estate book, and I'm trying to figure out how to – I've got a ton of content, and I'm trying to put it together. I'm not. I, I'm good at writing content. I'm not good at organizing content. So it's a book I've been working on for a long time. It's going to be somewhat for uh, newer agents and also for consumers. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that if I can do two separate books or do one book with two parts. But anyway, so a book is for me, for my family. We are all in – transition mode with it seems like our kids are all in different transitions of their lives so at once my son has just turned 18 and so we're talking about mm-hmm. college and he's probably we <laughs> some stuff got accelerated he ended up skipping a year of school uh they're homeschooled it's a long story but anyway we're trying to figure that out and so that's a that's a big adventure and then in, that's those are the main things it's just stuff with kids family and then work and then my book hopefully book there it is you got it right out of him jb so nothing nothing in- nothing earth shattering
1: He's writing a book. Mm. Hey, uh, uh, let's uh, let's take a second here and and play this lightning round. Jeremy, while I'm setting it up, if you have another question, go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and get this uh, set up, and we're going to roll. got another question, Jeremy?
0: Oh, my my brain. Yeah. What? Okay, I'll think of one. Jason, what what's your favorite social network to use right now other than Facebook?
3: Uh, I've been I've been really active on Twitter lately. I'm trying to uh, make better use of lists on Twitter and inter- actually interact on Twitter again. Like I got I think sort of like uh, what I was saying when Mike I think Mike you took a break from Facebook what in December or November something like that. Actually November Mike? yeah to January twenty first. Yeah. So as, as part of that when I, was, when I mine was November as well it turned out so for different reasons but uh, hmm. maybe similar similar I read your blog post about that and similar reasons. Um, so as part of that, I I got back on Twitter and sort of interacting more there. So Twitter, it's still the the top two for me, Facebook and Twitter. I've tried to use LinkedIn and I have a ton of connections on LinkedIn. I've never been able to leverage much off of that. I just, a lot of people find me there, but it hasn't resulted in anything direct business. I can point to. So probably Hmm. just those two. That's a good answer. Top two. And that
1: took a couple of points out of uh, lightning round too. So we'll, we'll kind of skip those, but, uh, we got I'm a couple sorry. other ones here. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That's good. Sorry that's fine. That. Uh, no, nope, it's perfect. That's uh, that's the way it's supposed okay. to work out. So here we go. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question, then I'm going to hit the timer, and uh, you're going to have 10 seconds to respond. And am I answering? You're Thanks. answering first, Jason. and then, uh, then Mike's right, going to answer, because we're like that. Okay. Right. Do so you forth. use Snapchat, and why or why
3: not? I'm trying to use Snapchat because uh, it seems like a younger generation is on there. I'm barely using Snapchat. I don't fully understand it. That's my 10-second answer.
1: That was a good answer. How about you, Mike Mueller? (laughs) Thank you.
3: Nope. I actually took it off my
2: new phone, and I'm not using it. And the reason I'm not using it is because I have all of my connections on Instagram. People don't actually have to follow me.
1: Time's up. Sorry. Uh, We're going to throw Jeremy under the bus just because he's on the line. Jeremy Blanton, do you use
2: Snapchat and why
0: or why not? No, I don't need to use it to connect with millennials. Millennials are drinking game. Everybody has to take a sip now. Millennials. (laughs) uh,
1: I do want to hit this one, even though we just hit it. Uh, Jason, do you recommend LinkedIn for business marketing and why or why not?
3: I do, depending on the type of work you do. I would not rely on it if you're in real estate like I am. Um, It doesn't do anything for me personally, but certain businesses, yes.
1: Very good. Uh, Mike Mueller, same question. Do you recommend LinkedIn for business marketing, and why or why not?
2: Yeah, well, actually, I do, because people, when they Google your name, your LinkedIn profile is going to come up pretty high in the rankings.
1: Good answer. Jeremy Blanton, do you recommend LinkedIn?
0: Negative, Ghostwriter, that pattern is full. I do not use LinkedIn for business. I connect with people there, but it has never brought me any business.
1: Oh, Good answer. Will
0: Google ever tumble, Jason Crouch? It is hard
3: to imagine Google tumbling. They've been at the top for a while. Um, I remember when I first started doing SEO, they didn't exist, but they are <laughs> dominant, so it's hard to imagine the time they would tumble. Very
1: good. Uh, Mike Mueller, same question.
2: Google will buy Tumblr from Yahoo in the fall of 2017.
1: <laughs> Google will tumble. You've heard it right here. Jeremy Blathen, will tumble. Google
0: ever fall from grace? For search engines, no. For commerce and everything else, yes, Amazon's already taken its business.
1: Very good. They struggle at that one. Uh, everything they try seems to turn to dust. Uh, finally, uh, we're going to love this one. Jason Crouch, what is one thing most social media gurus get wrong?
3: They attempt to give you a formula on how you should handle things and what you should talk about. I think you should just let it let it be kind of like we talked about with Clint. You show people your life and business and everything that you're living, and that's what it's about. Don't make it a formula. Ah,
1: very good. Uh, uh, Mike Mueller, can you top that answer? What's one thing that most social media gurus get wrong?
2: I'm going to say they do too much on the promotion, the heavy, hard sell type stuff, and mm-hmm. a whole lot less on the connecting one on one to human beings. Mm-hmm.
1: That's good. Very good. Uh, Jeremy, it's your chance to shine. Ten seconds. What's one thing most social media gurus get
0: wrong? Too many gurus try to focus on giving you formulas and ways to make money instead of focusing on you being social, which is the first part of social media.
1: Ah, That's right. Social, we used to say that all the time. Social is the first name of social media. And I noticed you didn't bring up our friend's name that we were talking about in the chat room where you do 400,000 posts a day. Uh, You know, that's just about it for today. But, Jason, I want you to uh, take a minute and just say whatever you want to for 30 seconds, Um, invite folks to support you or whatever. Your
3: floor, 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, sure. I just a pleasure to be on the show again. I appreciate you guys. I'd like to come back sometime and, and uh, hang out. So we'll, we'll do that a little sooner than four years or whatever it's been since I was on the show. And, um, why not, right? <laughs> four year, every four years, whether we need it or not, kind of like presidential election, right? Um, so I would say just, yeah, if you want to check out my website, it's austintexashomes.com for real estate. Our our ministry website is actually down by design right now. We're taking a sabbatical for a short time. But it's loop6ministries, the number6.com. And thank you to Jeremy for helping with
1: that site. Yep, very good. I already put J- uh, Jeremy back in the box. Sorry about that. Jason, we're going to say goodbye That's to right. you, and no, then Mike and like I are so going to time you. out. But great to have you cool. with us today, and we will make it Absolutely sooner. Absolutely.
3: pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. Good, good talking to you guys. Very good.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, Mike Mueller, what's your big takeaway from today?
3: Uh, Jason Crouch
2: is still one of the coolest dudes on the planet.
1: smooth. The man smooth. with the golden voice smooth as a banana popsicle, I tell you what, on a a hot July day in in Austin, Texas, and it was good to have Jeremy join us for a minute as well. We need to get Jeremy back on and uh, join us for a segment, and then I think Patrick Healy's coming up pretty soon. Patrick was in the chat room, so uh, I think that's it. I think it's time to say bye, Mike. Bye, Mike. Thanks for listening to yet another edition of Social Media Edge Radio with your host, Ken Cook, and co-host Mike Mueller. Stay on top of what's happening by visiting SocialMediaEdge.com. And thank you. Thank you, uh, Mr. McLeod, for the music.